there will probably be some um, ad lib as usual, just FYI. Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. That's what I do every morning, they love it. Are we doing the bumping or no? I need a little more headroom. Oh, it's still attached to me. I think I end up like slouching throughout. Let me also grab a snack. Oh, I, okay. I never know that y'all are waiting on me, so I'm good. Okay, I'll do an intro. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome to Relatable. Happy Monday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone has had a wonderful week. You've almost made it to Friday. Today, I'm having a wonderful, fascinating interview with a wonderful, fascinating person. Well, it's my pleasure, Allie Beth. Thank you for the privilege. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you, Allie. It's been good to talk with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Allie. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks, Allie. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Allie. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That was kind of an awkward ending. I thought I had to say something else. The way that we know that they should be. Oh, let me say that part again. Summer clearance sell. Sale. Ad. Genu sell. I messed that up. Our first sponsor for the day, and that is Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers. Wait, did I need to do an ad for that? Critical race theory. Critical race theory. Critical race theory. Critical race theory. Gender identity. Gender, 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 gender. Democrat. Democrats. Democrats. COVID. 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 Coronavirus. It's fine. I wasn't offended by that at all. Sure. I'll just, I'll just smile. I'm ready whenever. Hello. Welcome to Relatable. I am so excited to do this 500th episode. If you are listening to this, you need to watch it when it comes out this evening on YouTube. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, we've got a new camera, so it looks a little bit different than it usually does. I would love your feedback. Tell me what you think about the coloring, about the lighting. We thought, hey, 500th episode, it's a special episode. Let's just let's just change it up. Let's see how it goes. Uh, today, we've got a lot of fun things in store um, because I just wanted to celebrate. We're not talking about the news. We're not talking about theology. There's a lot that's going on, but I just wanted to take uh, a little bit to share my appreciation with you guys and talk about the podcast, how the podcast got started. Maybe you're just tuning into the podcast. And so you don't even know who I am or what this is all about. I'm going to give you some context. I'm going to back up a little bit, tell you how this whole shebang got started. And then we're going to do some fun things. We've got some um, special guests who are going to answer some ridiculous would you rathers that I sent out to them. I might introduce you to my team behind the scenes. We're going to listen to some voicemails from you guys. And then um, at the end, we're also going to, we're also going to do a giveaway. And oh, it, like I said, you have to go watch because the beginning little extended introduction is a really cute little montage of different parts of relatable behind the scenes and different things that happen. And so make sure that you go uh, watch that. All right, let's go ahead and start by talking about uh, relatable and how how relatable started. And it's going to take backing up not just to 2018 when this podcast started, but really 2017, maybe even 2015. Let me think about how far I want to go back. So I'll just, I'll give you a summary. So graduated from college, 2014, went into PR because I majored in communication studies. So I was in PR, social media strategy. In 2015, I um, I wanted to get into kind of the world of politics, but I didn't know how to start. I've always liked speaking in front of people. I've always liked talking. My report cards growing up can tell you that the only thing that I've ever done is talk while the teacher is talking, while I'm not supposed to be talking. And so that I am 
uh, hosting a podcast makes a whole lot of it makes a whole lot of sense. It's all that I've ever wanted to do, and I loved Megyn Kelly when I was in high school. I wanted to do what Megyn Kelly did, but I didn't know what that looked like or how the heck I was going to get there. And I just remember sitting in my apartment in like 2015, thinking, "Okay, I've always said that I want to somehow do something with the uh, with the news, maybe do something with politics, but." I am not doing anything to get myself there. So I just decided that I was going to start talking about uh, the primary elections. This was, you know, before the 2016 election. And I lived in Athens, Georgia at the time. I had moved there for my job after college. I had met my husband. I got married in 2015. And um, I just said, you know what? I am going to take I'm going to take the opportunity that I have right now where I have some extra time with the job that I'm doing and I am going to try to start something. And the thing that I started was speaking to sororities on sorority row uh, at UGA at the University of Georgia in Athens. And I just said, you know what? I think that this is an audience I can connect to. I was in a sorority. I was only a year out of college. And so I'm going to talk to these sorority girls at their chapter meeting about why they need to vote in the primary. I tried to make it kind of nonpartisan. I'm sure it maybe had a conservative bent, but I would go to these chapter meetings. I would reach out to the chapter president and say, hey, like, can I come speak at your chapter meeting? Not asking for money, not asking for anything. I really just wanted an audience. It was something that I wanted to do. I felt like I had this pent up energy and all of these dreams that I didn't know how I didn't know how to accomplish them and I didn't know how to get this energy and these desires to speak in front of people about things that I care about out. And so that's what that that's what speaking at these sororities did for me. And once I started speaking, I just loved it. And I was getting emails saying, you know, my professor said this about the election or my professor said this about political history. What do you think about that? And I would start to answer these emails. And I was like, wow, I absolutely love this. Um, And so then I decided to start a blog in 2000. I think it was at maybe the end of 2015, 2016, maybe called the conservative millennial. And at the time now millennials were like old and chuggy now, but then millennials were like, you know, the young generation, the generation still in college. And to be a conservative millennial was, um, you know, people saw that as a kind of paradox. And so it was a clever name at the time. And I started to, you know, write blog posts. I started to talk about the primary debates that were happening. And then I started to make videos. My first ever video on the conservative millennial Facebook page was about Harambee and how ridiculous it was that people were freaking out about Harambee being killed when that was necessary to save the life of this poor child that had fallen into his little habitation Um, and talked about, you know, how our priorities are out of whack when it comes to what kind of lives we prioritize and which ones we don't. And then I just continued to make those videos. And at first, I mean, I I had like no followers because I had a full-time job. This was a side thing for me. I think it was just more seen as a hobby. Now, my parents and my husband were fully supportive in all of that, but I don't think any of us thought that necessarily it was going to turn into a career. I didn't have any connections. Like, no one was funding me. No one was paying me to do this stuff. This was just extra time that I was spending on something that I really liked and kind of it just satisfied that itch that I had to communicate about things that I cared about. And so I continued making these videos and then my audience started to kind of slowly grow on Facebook and I continued to write. I would seek out places to speak, whether it was like a local Republican club or something like that. Again, not for any money. I'm basically paying with my time and my energy to to do this. And Then I think it was, no, I remember it was right before the 2016 election. I think it was like in October of 2016. I did this video just saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a woman and I'm voting for Donald Trump. And that got hundreds of thousands of views. And that was the first time I had gotten anything close to that. And then at the beginning of 2017, I did some kind of like funny video about how ridiculous I thought the women's March was. And that ended up getting over a million views. Um, And so I just started doing videos and they started getting hundreds of thousands and millions of views. And then in 2017, I started um, working for what was called The Blaze. Now it's Blaze TV, but what was called The Blaze and 
How, and if you've read my book and maybe if you've been listening since the very beginning, you probably know this story, but how I got connected to Blaze TV or The Blaze was not anyone noticing me or seeing my videos or, you know, picking up, picking up the phone and be like, we got to get this Ali Stucky girl or any kind of important connections. It wasn't that at all. I was still just trying to figure out how can I get into media? What does that even look like? I, I, I don't, I don't even know where to start. The only connection that I had, my friend whose name is Mary Ashley, still one of my very good friends to this day. And she had, um, she had done like the traffic and maybe the weather. Sorry, Mary Ashley, if I got that wrong, Uh, but she had worked with me at this PR firm and she had also done like the traffic for the radio station. And that was literally the only connection to media that I had. This little like local uh, radio station. I I just asked her, hey, like your uh, your boss at the radio station. Could I could I meet with him? His name was Pete, and she was like, sure. Here's his number. I mean, where is this possibly going to lead? So I called this guy Pete over and over again, just asking if he would meet with me, not even knowing like what I want to get out of this meeting. Is he going to put me on the radio? I have no idea. Uh, and he ignores me. He ignores me because why would he, you know, talk to this 23 year old who has no idea what she's talking about and can give him no value. Uh, but finally, you know, I call, I, I said, you know what? Okay. I'm going to call him one more time. And so, and I, we were actually moving out of Athens the next day. And I said, okay, maybe if he knows that I'm not trying to get anything from him, I just want to talk to him, then he'll call me back. So I call him and I left a voicemail and I said, Hey, Steve, or Hey, Pete, Steve comes later. Uh, uh, hey Pete, like we're moving tomorrow and I just, I just want to talk to you. That's all I want. I just want to meet with you. So I go and so he calls me back and he says, okay, fine. I'll meet with you. And so I go into his office, which is like very 1990s. There's like, you know, uh, like framed, a uh, framed, like Britney Spears record, like in the corner of his very scattered office. And, um, I just tell him, I said, you know, I'm a conservative. I like talking about conservative politics. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to, you know, do something in radio or anything like that. I don't know what that looks like. I just am asking, like, if you have any advice or you have any connections. And he said, you know, I really don't. I don't really have any connections to conservative radio. I don't even know what his politics were. But um, he said, I know one person who might have connections to people in radio. And his name is Steve and he lives in Nashville. And I'll give you his number and maybe he has some connections for you. So talk to Steve. And I talked to Steve on the phone. I remember I was standing in our empty apartment in Athens because we were about to move. And he was so nice. And I could tell that he was a Christian, just how he talked and how he talked to me and how he took the time to talk to me, even though I was no one. There was no reason except for he had a relationship with this guy named Pete in Athens, Georgia. And so we talked and he said, you know, I do have a connection. There is the producer of Dana Lash's radio, uh, radio show. Um, he, they, you know, they record out of the blaze. I bet that he would talk to you if I introduce y'all. Steve, random Steve in Nashville. I've never talked to him since. Um, He connected me with someone named Kane who worked for Dana Lash. And Kane was super nice. And we talked back and forth on email. And he said, you know what? I'll just give you a tour of the blaze. Um, And so uh, when we were in town, I just took a tour of the blaze. This is like the closest I had ever gotten to actual media, just thinking it would literally just be a tour. I would get to see the studio. And so uh, I was walking around and then a producer came up to me and said, hey, I have seen your videos on Instagram. Let me introduce you to some people. And so he introduced me to some people. And then he said, you know what? Why don't you come in for like a Facebook Live? We do like Facebook Lives every day. Um, Why don't you come in for a Facebook Live? We can like interview you during the Facebook Live. And so I did and it ended up going really well. And they ended up saying, you know, we don't have any, like, they weren't even thinking about offering me, like, an on-camera talent role or anything like that. But they said, you know what, if you wanted to be here and do, like, Facebook Lives and just get your foot in the door, we are looking for a social media manager. And I had done that in the past. And so I took the job as a social media manager. I wasn't doing, like, on-camera things. But as I had access to all these resources, I said, well, 
is it possible, even if you guys don't pay me to do this, that I start making videos and we post them on like the Blazes Facebook? Like if I write it, if I produce it, if I come up with it, like, do you guys care if I just, you know, use a camera uh, and we start uploading these to social media to see how they do? Um, And I was still posting stuff on the conservative millennial and trying to speak anywhere that would have me speak. And they said, sure, why not? If, you know, you're not really looking for any extra money or titles or anything like that. Sure. So we did. And those ended up getting like hundreds of thousands of views. And then after a few weeks, I guess, of doing that and posting videos on my own blog, I got a call from Fox News and they asked me to come on Fox and Friends. And I thought that that I had like peaked in my career. I could not, I couldn't even, uh, um, I couldn't even comprehend that I was getting asked to just be a guest for like three minutes on Fox and Friends. And oh my gosh, I don't think I slept at all the night before. I was so excited. Um, And then it just kind of kept growing from there. Like I was eventually not the social media strategist at The Blaze anymore. I eventually became like a contributor. And so I would go on the different shows and things like that. There was one point where they were thinking about, you know, giving me my own show, but that didn't work out because I ended up working for, I at the end of 2017, that's where we are now, I ended up signing a contract with CRTV, uh, Conservative Review TV, and then started there at the beginning of 2018. And then in March of 2018 is when I started Relatable. And it started two times a week, and then it moved uh, eventually by demand to three times a week. And now, of course, at the beginning of this year, we started four times a week. So it literally, I can't say it started from nothing because I did have somewhat of a platform. I was doing all the things that I just described, but it did start from zero downloads. I mean, it wasn't even on YouTube or anything like that until recently, honestly, until like a year ago or a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Now we started putting it on YouTube, but I mean, I was just, and I was recording when I first started, um, I was recording by myself in my house. I like had my own microphone, my own setup that I did. And I would, you know, put the audio into my computer and I would have to edit the audio to make sure that like, you know, my mistakes were edited out or whatever. And then I would send the audio to someone else and they would like optimize it. And I guess someone else would upload it. I don't even remember how it worked, but that's how it started. And then it just continued to grow, thankfully, because of y'all. And so now we have 500 episodes of Relatable um, under our belts. And I mean, we've talked about everything. I, we have we've talked about so many of the major theological, political social issues of our day. We've talked about predestination, biblical interpretation, eschatology, Calvinism, modesty, purity culture, what the Bible says about gender, sex, sexuality, marriage, the family, womanhood, motherhood, race, prejudice, partiality, justice, oppression, feminism, critical theory, critical race theory, queer theory. We've talked about standpoint epistemology. We've talked about free speech, religious liberty, school choice, teachers unions, homeschooling, vaccines, abortion, trafficking, pornography, cancel culture, cultural revolutions, climate change, China. We've talked about we've talked about it all. And I really do feel like we are just getting started. And I'm not tired of talking about these things. I mean, sometimes there are just days when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't talk about this again because it's all so crazy. It's all so crazy. But. I get energy from this. I get just as much energy from this as I did when I first started speaking to sororities in 2015. And I could tear up thinking about that. Like, I'm just so thankful to the Lord that I am able to do the thing that I have wanted to do, but haven't been able to put a name on since I could talk, which as my parents can tell you, was basically the day that I got home from the hospital. I love what I do. I love you guys. Not only does the grace of God allow me to do what I do, but you guys enable me to do what I do because I wouldn't still have this show almost four years later if uh, our audience hadn't kept growing as much as it has over the past few years. Um, when I think back to some of like the big things that we have covered, we were here through the the whole Kavanaugh debacle and that might not be significant in y'all's mind. It's, I think it's significant in American history, but it's significant in my personal political history because that was the thing that woke me up and made me realize, oh, okay, so we're not in like 
politics as, as usual anymore. Obviously, I was already a conservative before that, but seeing just how rapidly one side is truly out for blood, that they're not interested in compromise or unity, no matter what they say, no matter what their campaign slogan is, that changed my perspective. And it really solidified where I stand and how I view a lot of the political debate today. It, it made me, I don't know if cynical is the right word, because I think cynical makes it seem like I'm just um, you know, I, I'm no longer passionate about talking about the things that I'm talking about or that I n- no longer think that things can change for the better. And that's not true. But it did show me just the really dark underbelly of everything that we talk about. Um, we navigated all of the conspiracy theories, both on the left and the right, surrounding Trump for the past few years. Um, we said a lot of what I think were very necessary things last summer amidst the riots and the violence. And th- they were needed. I like I think the moment absolutely demanded the things that we talk about and yet it caused a lot. Not even in yet. I guess it's expected when you go against the mainstream when it comes to really controversial topics like race, but we got a lot of blowback for challenging those popular narratives and the status quo. And yet I also know, thankfully, um, all of that helped uh, a lot of you. We also covered the 2020 election in depth. We spent 12 weeks leading up to the election covering all of the major issues. So anyone who says people, you know, criticize me for not being pro Trump enough, which, you know, is true. I have my criticisms, but I really, really tried to warn you that the presidency that we have now would be radical and would be bad. I'm not trying to say I told you so, but I literally did. We 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 literally did for like 12 weeks. We told you all this stuff was going to happen. That's OK. That's OK. Some of you are here who's changed your mind since then. Some of you still haven't changed your mind and you're still here. And I appreciate that. Um, so on Relatable, we try to balance keeping you in the know from a conservative perspective while reminding you that God is totally sovereign. If I had to pick one aspect of God that is my favorite. I don't even know if you can say that, but the thing that gives me the most comfort is God's absolute sovereignty. Um, And we try to keep that in mind, call that to mind while also working out what it looks like to seek truth and to do the next right thing in faith. And since 2018, we've gone through two uh, presidencies or two presidents, two pregnancies, at least three sets, lightning changes, producer changes, so many unseen modifications and improvements, some big, some small, some all at once, some incremental to make this show the best that it can be. And we're still we're still doing that. We're always going to be doing this until this show has run its course. We are always going to be working to make it the best that we can be or that it can be and we can be. Um, And like I said, I truly feel like we've just gotten started. Like, I feel like just now in this past year, we have started to hit our stride. And I feel like we're about to even more in the coming months. I really love what I do. I know I've said that several times, but it's true. I love what I do. I thank God that I get to do this. And it would not happen without you guys. There are hundreds of thousands of you who listen to this podcast every month, thousands of you who watch on YouTube. And it's grown basically organically because you all share it with your friends because those friends shared it with another friend. By the grace of God, this show has gone from zero downloads per episode to what it is today. And um, I'm very grateful for all of you. We truly have a community. We are friends. We are learning together. You guys are keeping me in check. You guys are pushing back when you need to nicely. Um, And you guys are, you know, asking me questions and challenging me to make me better. And I hope to do the same for you. We are helping each other stay sane, to stay grounded, to make sure that we are living not by lies and remembering where our hope lies in Christ and his promise to make all things right and new one day. But until then, we have work to do and we have understanding to gain. And that's what we are working uh, on together here at Relatable. So thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. All right. We're going to do some um, some fun segments coming up. We're going to listen to some voicemails and then we're going to get into some behind the scenes and, and would you rathers. Before we get into that, I do have to tell you about my first sponsor for the day. This is so relatable. It's Good Ranchers, guys. It is Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers sends you 
wonderful American-raised meat to your front door. It's high quality. It is ethically raised, sustainably sourced, better than organic chicken and craft beef. They've got all different kinds of cuts of meats. You can get, like we get T-bone steaks, we get fillets, we get ground beef. Um, we get the pre-marinated chicken, the non-pre-marinated chicken. We put it in our freezer. Everything is individually wrapped, vacuum sealed, and you put it in your freezer and then it's ready to, you know, thaw and grill whenever, whenever you need it. It just makes your life easier. It's one less thing that you have to think about. And for me, that's super important. I really like things that make my life easier. And Good Ranchers does that. You can go to goodranchers.com slash alley. You can place a one-time order or you can subscribe and you get that box of meat every month at your front door when you do 20% off a, a box and it comes down to like $5 a meal. So super affordable. Plus, if you use that link, goodranchers.com slash Allie, you get an additional $20 off in free express shipping. Uh, if you go to goodranchers.com slash Allie or use code Allie at checkout, that's goodranchers.com slash Allie, goodranchers.com slash Allie. Okay, now we're listening to some voicemails from you guys. Um, And I haven't listened to these yet. My team picked them out. And they are um, either voicemails of some of you saying, like, maybe your mind has changed on a couple things or people who are just saying, you know, why you love Relatable. And so I am super excited to listen to some of these. And also, if you left a voicemail and we weren't able to play it, that does not mean that it wasn't super meaningful and that I, you know, don't care. I will end up listening to all of the voicemails just so you guys know that I really appreciate all of your kind words. It's just that if we played all of the voicemails out, that would be the entire show. And I didn't think that you guys wanted to listen to all of that. So I will listen to them. Thank you everyone who left a voicemail, but we're just going to play a few of them right now. So we'll go ahead and roll the first one. Hi, Allie. My name is Becky, and I'm from Pennsylvania. I wanted to say congratulations on reaching your 500th episode. I'm a teacher, and your show has helped me to change my mind on a couple of things that even as a lifelong conservative, I had held on to for a while. Um, The first thing is that I left the teachers union after your episode with Rebecca Fredericks. Um, I also had a change of heart about school choice. As teachers in public school, we're often made to believe that school choice is so horrible and so dangerous for our careers. But your position and episodes on this completely changed my mind. So thank you so much for your show, for your heart for the Lord, and for reminding your listeners that we are not alone or truly crazy in our thoughts and beliefs. Congratulations again. So sweet. I love it. Thank you so much. All right. Next one. Hey, Allie, just wanted to say thank you so much for your service and everything that you do and how you are getting the message of Christ out there and including politics in it and not closing your eyes. It's amazing for Christians. Thank you for teaching me about homeschooling. I chose to keep my pre-K little boy out of school, and it has been the most joyful experience of my life to get to watch him grow and learn and to be the one teaching him. And I just want to say thank you for encouraging me to do that. It has meant the world to our family. We're praying for you. Thanks. Thank you so much. That's so meaningful. All right. Next one. Hi, Allie. This is Shin. I'm from San Marcos, California. And I first started listening to you actually through the porch app. But um, I listen to you pretty regularly. And it has just... um, opened up my eyes to the political atmosphere, especially being in Southern California and, um, you know, just being a a conservative Christian and that's actually really difficult being in California and I also work at a very liberal university. So I just want to say thank you for just opening my eyes to the atmosphere, um, speaking truth, knowing facts, knowing where to get them, and also speaking out of love as well. Um, I think a lot of times people think that speaking love is just kind of letting people say whatever they want and having no repercussions, but that's not it at all. Um, Speaking love is sometimes, you know, you have to speak the hard truth and back it up with facts, which you often do, and you've actually um, 
help me see a bunch of other uh, guests on the show that I regularly follow as well. So that I can't wait to listen to 500 more and then some. Um, and I am praying for you, and I hope you all have a great 500th episode. Aw, thank you so much. I love introducing y'all to... My guess, I truly do. Even if that means that you're like, oh, I have a new favorite person that I'm going to follow by Relatable. Obviously, I hope that you stay, but I truly love introducing you guys to new guests that inspire you and encourage you and maybe even connect with you even better uh, than I do. Truly, I, I love that. Um, and thank you. And thank you all to who say that you're um, praying for me. That truly does mean a lot to me. All right, next voicemail. Hi, this is a message for Allie. This is Lauren. Um, I wanted to call and let you know that I have enjoyed your, your show just for a variety of reasons. But one thing that I can um, state as a clear takeaway is that my my view on people and the way I interact with people that do, don't have the same beliefs as me has completely changed. You... Um, have a have a tendency like just a great great strength to to spread truth through the love um speak it to people um without without letting that affect how you feel about the person and um i'm learning i guess <laughs> how to do that myself it's been hard i found myself like truly hating the person instead of you know the lies that they've they've been told and said um so yeah i take each day as Step at a step at a time, um, but um, I'm learning. Thank you for all you do. Oh well, thank you. It is really hard. It's a you know, it's hard to separate the person from maybe the idea that you really vehemently disagree with, especially when it's a moral idea like uh, abortion or something like that. It can be really hard not to allow that callousness to you know characterize your heart. I'm certainly still learning that as well, and thankfully we can credit the Holy Spirit with all of that work. So thank you so much. All right. Another voicemail. Hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm from Wisconsin. I started listening to your podcast several years ago. The one thing that I really appreciate is just how biblically sound your program is. Um, And then your question about something that's changed my mind. I'm actually going to kind of throw this back on you, Allie Beth. Something that you changed your mind about I don't remember what episode it was. It was maybe a year, two years ago. You had said something kind of in favor of yoga, and I had messaged you on Instagram. This is probably before you got a little bit bigger, before your book was was released, that we engaged in a really nice conversation about yoga and how we shouldn't have it in the church. And I just kind of left the conversation with, you know what, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this. And then maybe a year later, again, I have no concept of time. I have too many children, wonderful children, um, but they're teenagers. So, yeah. Um, but it was not long after that then you had brought on um, Dorian. I forgot her last name. And it was so incredible to watch you change your mind um, and admit it. And I just, my appreciation and respect for you just really grew during that time. So love your show. I'm so excited to see what the next 500 episodes are going to bring. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you. She's talking about how I, at one point, really didn't think that um, doing yoga as a Christian was really that big of a deal. I thought that it was, you know, similar to meat sacrifice to idols, but I honestly hadn't really thought about it. I just didn't want to be legalistic. And then I realized when looking at the origins of yoga and what it is and what it is meant to be, that there's really no, there's no productivity. There's no edification that comes from a Christian doing yoga. And I won't get into all of that right now. We can link to that past episode and you can see what you think about it. But I do appreciate that when I do change my mind, I try to tell you guys about it and try to walk you through my reasoning behind changing my mind. So thank you very much for that encouragement. All right. Do we have another one? Hi, Allie. My name's Matt. Um, I just wanted to thank you for your show. It has meant so much to me. I've been listening to it for about a year now. Um, 
I currently attend a Divinity School, Campbell Divinity School in North Carolina, and um, it has gone so, so progressive. And your show has given me the, the confidence to stand up for my faith. Uh, one day in class, I gave a um, pro-life presentation, and I was immediately uh, blasted by my classmates who were not happy with what I had to say. Um, but your show, you, you, you just breathe life and truth to all of us who are around people uh, who don't really want to hear the Christian message. Even, even myself at a, a school that's supposed to be preparing me for Christian ministry, uh, it seems like it's gone really far from that. Um, but thank you, Allie, for all you do, and I look forward to continuing uh, to listen to your show. Oh, thank you, Matt. Um, you know, that is the best thing that you could hear, that God can use something that I say to empower you to speak what is true. Um, I'm very thankful for that, and I think that there's a lot of power in feeling like, okay, I'm not crazy. There is a reason for the things that I believe. Other people believe the same way that I do. It makes you realize that you're not alone, and that gives you courage begets courage, as we have said before. Um, and that gives you the power to stand up in front of people that you know are going to criticize you, who are going to lambast you, who are going to unfairly mischaracterize you. So I hope, I hope and pray that the Holy Spirit graciously uses this podcast to embolden and empower and strengthen and encourage more people to stand for everything that is good and right and true, as Ephesians 5, 9 says. All right, another voicemail. Hi, Allie. This is Stephanie. I'm 55. I live in Virginia. I just want to tell you that I love your program. I just finished listening to your abortion program today, and I'm very pro-life. I always have been, but I really felt your um, love and your concern, and I totally agree with you. I have to say that I tend to agree with you, so not that you've uh, changed my mind on anything, I just am so thankful how strong you stand on the Word of God, how you always bring that into your programs, no matter who you're talking to or what subject you're talking about. I just want to say I just I love your passion. Um, I love how you put God first. We disagree on eschatology. I'm hoping maybe down the road you might change your mind on that. Um, I'm definitely pre-trib, but I won't hold that against you. And uh, But I love you. And I hope one day I can meet you. If not, I'll meet you in heaven. Thank you so much for what you do. That is so sweet. Well, I hear the passion in your voice, too. And um, yeah, you know, I might, you never know. I could change my mind on eschatology. I was actually talking to my mom about what I believe about the end times on the way in this morning. We were talking about um the different things we believe. I think that my parents are also pre-trib. So I'm always open. I'm always open to discussion based on facts and based on scripture. And so you never know. My mind could change on that. Thank you so much for listening and for your kind words. That means a lot to me. Okay, next one. Hi, Allie. My name is Jessica. I am just calling to leave a voicemail about um, things that I have learned from you. I just want you to know that I have come to appreciate and adore you so much, and I very much value value your um, your opinion and your stance on many, many things. Um, I appreciate all of your political episodes a lot. I've learned so much, but I just want you to know that I have been um, – I've learned to be much more discerning on theology and – uh, who I'm listening to and uh, just wanted you to know that I was ultimately ended up being baptized this past Sunday and your um, your episodes have been a major influence in that decision and I cannot tell you how thankful I am for you and everything that I have learned from you. Thank you. Y'all are making me cry. Y'all are supposed to make me cry, y'all. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to tell me that. Praise God. Praise God. Um, how many How many more do we have? 
Two more? Okay, we got two more. Hi, Ali. My name is Angelica Vega from New York. I have been listening to your podcast for about eight months now, and you are such an inspiration. My 11-year-old son loves it when my husband and I listen to Relatable in the car or watch it on TV. Sometimes he listens in because he believes he needs to learn about so much that's going on now. And, you know, with politics and even uh, learning about the Bible, he reads the Bible and, you know, everything that's going on with the culture that, you know, he, he learns on your, on your podcast as well. Uh, I, have, I have your book, and it was, it was a great read. It taught me a whole lot that um, I'm even, I recommended it today to my um, women's Bible study. And so they were really interested. Um, also, uh, we truly appreciated your episode with Costi Hen. That episode pulled my husband out of the new age and brought him closer to God. Praise God. So, you know, we are so grateful. Thank you so much. God bless you. Wow, that is awesome. Again, I love when you guys tell me that a particular guest or God used a particular guest to change your mind on something or to draw you closer to him or to make you realize something. I mean, that is just such a blessing. The more I can platform interesting people, compelling people, but more than anything Christ-like people, like I'm just going to do that. I'm so committed to that. So Costi Hinn, definitely follow him. He's awesome. Um, Thank you for letting me know that story. That means so much to me. All right, last voicemail, then we'll get into some other things. Hey, Allie. This is Megan, and I just wanted to call and let you know that your podcast, I found it about a year ago. I have just been moved and transformed in my entire Christianity belief system ever since I started listening, um, mainly on the topic of abortion. I was always on the side of allowing people to make their own decisions, and you have just completely transformed my thought process coming from a Christian perspective of why life matters even before that baby breathes its first breath of fresh air. So I just wanted to let you know that you are changing lives and you are, you know, doing the Lord's true work through your ministry and your podcast and your Instagram because I actually found you on Instagram. So love the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks so much. Bye. Oh, my goodness, guys. I'm trying to hold it together. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of the voicemails played unplayed. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for following. Even maybe when you disagree, thank you guys so much. It is so incredible. You have no idea how much it means to hear directly from you guys. And I hope that it encourages the rest of you too. I know not only sometimes do we feel isolated in what we believe and that we're against so many different institutions and entities and people, um, and it feels like no one believes the same way you do. Well, just take comfort in the fact that not only are there hundreds of thousands of people who listen to this podcast and probably share most of your views, but also we just heard from people whose mind changed. And so God used this itty bitty podcast, me, a totally insignificant, unspecial person to change people's minds. And that's not something I can credit you know, myself with. That's not something that I boast about. That is me recognizing that God takes really small things and can do something really big with them. So if you don't know if you are usable by God or you just have this desire to do something, fix something, change something, make some kind of impact that you don't think you're good enough or you don't think you're capable enough or you just don't think that God can do it. I hope that this podcast and even just the few voicemails that we just listened to is a lesson for you that God can and will do anything that he wants to do. Now, he is going to do his will. So maybe the dream that you have for yourself, the vision that you have for your life might not be his and he might ask you to surrender those things in lieu of what he wants you to do. But being in God's will and doing whatever you do for the glory of God is always the safest and the most fulfilling place to be. God is going to use you for his glory if you are a Christian. That's non-negotiable. 
all things work together for his glory and our good. And so you will be used to advance his kingdom, whether it's publicly, whether it's privately, whether it's through motherhood, whether it's through motherhood and something else, whether it's through ministry, there are a million different ways that God will use you. Don't ever think that you're um, too small or too insignificant to be used. We're all small and insignificant. God doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us and he chooses to change people's hearts and minds. There are minds out there that are ripe for the changing. There are uh, hearts out there that are fertile soil. So even when it seems like there's just no way that people will change their minds when they're believing things that aren't true, that's not the case. That's not the case. When God seems to be doing one thing, he is doing a million things. And those millions of things very often don't make headlines. So be encouraged by all that goes on around the world, seemingly behind the scenes. Um, all right, I'm going to introduce you to some of my um, some of my team backstage in just a second. Before I do, let me tell you about my second sponsor for today, and that is Raycon. So if you're looking for wireless earbuds, which really can just be a life changer, it makes your life so much easier when you can walk around unencumbered by the you know tangled wire and all of that, then Raycon is a really great option for you, whether it's working out, whether it's working, you know, you're getting on those conference calls, Zoom calls, and you still want to be able to do something else, like go on a walk outside or something like that, um, then you need really good wireless earbuds that are going to have a good microphone, that are going to stay in your ears, that are going to be comfortable, that has clear and crisp sound, and the new everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. You get three new sound profiles to make sure everything that you're listening to sounds its best in just the right amount of bass. That's really important. So there's pure mode. That's good for like, you know, listening to relatable or listening to instrumental music. And then there's balanced mode. Also good for podcast listening, listening to relatable, um, good for listening to like rock and heavy metal. And then there's bass mode. That's good for listening to like hip hop and reggae and things like that. Whatever floats your boat. I, I don't know what kind of music you guys listen to, but Raycon has different modes for all of your for all of your listening proclivities. Um they offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And plus, Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So right now, Relatable listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Allie. That's B-U-Y, raycon.com slash Allie for 15% off your Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash Allie. Okay, I thought it would be fun to introduce you guys to three people who work on Relatable, who help make this show run. It literally wouldn't even be in your radio or in your ears every day or on your TV or computer screen if these people did not exist and work as hard as they do. So I am. if you're watching, you'll be able to see them. If not, then you'll just hear me. Hello, Beth. That's Beth. She's waving. She's in charge of everything and everyone. She tells us what to do. And uh, she is extremely organized. She is such a good um, advocate for the show. And she makes sure that everything is running smoothly. She takes care of so many details that I don't even see, that I probably don't even know about. And she is a wonderfully happy, joyful, infectiously joyful person, um, an extremely hard worker. And I just, there's one thing that I love about people. It's people with good attitudes. Like, I just love when people have a good attitude. It can make or break anything. And Beth has an amazing attitude. She's such a hard worker. She's Canadian, so she says A a lot. And, um, you know, that's really important for me. I said, hey, looking for a producer. I Canadians are really nice. And so let's rescue someone from the police state of Canada, bring them down here, um, and uh, let's have her produce the show. And so she does a, a really good job, and I'm very 
thankful for Beth. And then we have in the middle there, we've got Dylan. And Dylan has been working for the show for um, several months now, I believe, since January. And no, earlier than that, it's been since October of last year. Oh, I'm so sorry. Since October of October of last year. I'm sorry. I just, I'm like that caller who's like, I have too many kids. I don't have too many kids, but I've had a lot of kids in the past few years. And so my time is warped. So October. Yeah. I think this is episode 185 for me. Wow. That's amazing. So Dylan, um, has, and I don't mean this, I, I know this might sound motherly, but he has like grown in this job so much over the past few months. He is extremely skilled at editing something that he, um, I don't know if you've been doing it for a long time, Dylan, but I feel like you've just kind of picked up on it very naturally. Um, he has a very good sense of what Relatable is and what Relatable is trying to be. And I feel like he has just grown with the show so much over the past year, year anniversary of Dylan and Relatable. Um, so I'm very thankful for Dylan. I've just it's like seen his skills sharpen so much over the past few months. Very thankful for that. And last but certainly not least, we have Mark. And Mark is an extremely... He is just like, you know, those people that you meet that you're like, wow, that person is so nice and they make me feel so good when I'm around them. That is Mark. I have... Asked, I asked for a very long time. Can we please? I mean, I love everyone who works at the Blaze, but I was like, I just really want Mark to be in the room when we are filming Relatable because um, the the happiness and the joy and the dedication that he brings to his job really makes a whole lot of a difference. He pays attention to all the details during production and he changes things that need uh, to be changed. He's a great communicator. And so I love, I love working with Mark and him and his uh, new wife, Virginia just super cute. And so we've got Beth, we've got Mark, we've got Dylan. They all work together to make this show what it is. I definitely could not do it on my own. I'm very thankful for how hard all three of them work. And then there's other people who also contribute to the show being what it is that I can't even name because there's a lot of them. And so thank you all for that. You can, you know, thank them as you're listening to this. You can say, wow, I'm so thankful for Beth, Mark, and Dylan. They are awesome people and they make Relatable awesome as well. All right, we are going to, oh wait, no, I had something that I wanted to do. So we're about to get into good you, uh, Would You Rathers. And I asked some guests that we've had on this podcast. Um, I asked Megan Kelly and Matt Walsh and a bunch of other people to answer some random Would You Rathers that I have. Um, but I just wanted to ask Dylan and Beth and Mark a would you rather. And I'm just going to come up with it. I'm just going to come up with it. And like, you really have to think about, you really have to think about both alternatives and think about like what would make your life more difficult. So would you rather, um, let's see, would you, would you rather have to um oh gosh i'm having a hard time even thinking of of uh, what it is okay would you rather have carrots for your fingers okay so you just have like i don't know if they're baby carrots or like full length carrots it doesn't really matter either way would you rather have carrots for for, for fingers or <laughs> would you rather um, have to talk in baby talk for the rest of your life? <laughs> okay, now I want to hear all of your answers. Okay, I think I think I'd have to do I think I'd have to do carrot fingers because at least I can. Like... Are they able to hear you? Oh, yeah. can we can we pull the camera back? Yeah, I got a, I got a mic over here. Okay. Um, okay, Dylan. I would probably do the carrots because at least then I could like ask people to hand me things that I couldn't pick up myself with my carrot fingers. Yes. So that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. So no baby voice. No care what fingers. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I think I'd have to go with carrots too. Um, a baby voice would just be, that's like the most annoying sound in the world from an adult. So that I think. Rem- oh my gosh. That carrot. reminds me if you've seen the office of. Andy, Andy uses like the baby voice. Okay, Dylan over here, little known fact about Dylan, y'all are going to just like 
freak out when you hear this. One time I was talking to Dylan about The Office and he said, like, and I quote, The Office doesn't have any jokes. They forgot to write them. I, I almost, I, we almost fired them. I had to talk to HR. I was like, I don't know if this person is stable enough. It's crazy. So he doesn't know that there is a scene where Michael is talking like Elvis and Andy is talking like uh, a baby and they both bond over that. And Michael says to Andy something like, for the record, I think you I think your baby voice is tops. And it's great. It's a great scene. But Dylan will never know the joy of that. All right, Mark, before you go, uh, carrot fingers or baby voice? I think I would do carrots, especially during the winter because I could wear gloves <laughs> and then no one would know. And baby voice, it would always be there. So I think I would do the carrots. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I like you couldn't. I definitely I mean, I couldn't do this job if I had baby voice. I'd be super weird, but I could probably just keep my hands down here and y'all would never know I have carrot fingers. I couldn't type or probably couldn't post on Instagram either. So I'd have to hire someone for that. But I think it's a small price to pay. I wouldn't you know, you can't say your R's or your L's for the rest of your life. That would be really hard. Um, All right. We've got some more fun would you rathers from people. But before we get into that, let me just do my last ad for the day. And then after after the would you rathers from some past guests, we're going to um, announce the winner of our giveaway, which is a good uh, some good ranchers and good ranchers gift card. A Shamoni skincare gift set and then a gift card from Carly Jean Los Angeles, my favorite clothing brand. Um, but let me let me uh, do our last sponsor for the day. This is a new sponsor, and that is called Paint Your Life. So Paint Your Life is a service that you you upload a picture. Maybe it's a wedding picture. That's what I did. And then they give you a hand-painted portrait of that picture created from any photo at a truly affordable price. Or you can even combine if you have like two pictures that you like or one picture, one person looks good in it, the other picture, the other person looks good in it, and you want to combine those, they can even do that. And then professional painters paint it and then they send it to you. It's super fast. I was shocked at how fast it was. You can receive your portrait in as little as two weeks. So send any picture that you have, a special place, you know, a landscape, something like that, or a picture of your family, um, and they will send it back to you and it looks really awesome. It makes a really good birthday present or an anniversary or wedding gift. Um, It's meaningful. It's personal. It can be cherished forever. And um, it's just a really good idea. I'm not someone, as I've said many times, who is artistic. So I'm just amazed at how quickly they can turn this around. And I would love to get a gift like this. I I would think that it would be super meaningful. Of course, you could always print the pictures. But I don't know, having a a painting rendering of a really important moment or a really important place, I just think there's something even more sentimental um, about that. And so let me tell you about the offer that we have. Um, PaintYourLife.com, there is no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed, so there's really nothing to lose. And if you want 20% off the painting, then you can use, um, you can text the word relatable to 64,000. That is 64,000. That is relatable to 64,000. You text relatable to 64,000 and you will get, a 20% off discount code when you do that um, off your painting. So go to or text 64,000, text relatable to 64,000. That is relatable to 64,000. All right, so we've got some would you rathers and I wanted to ask some previous guests um, some would you rathers and I wanted to change it up for the different kinds of people that would answer it. So the first would you rather question I asked to Megan Kelly, Glenn Beck and Steve Dace and that would you rather question was would you rather have to talk to Chris Cuomo on the phone for two hours every night (laughs) listening to him tell you about his day or would you rather have Anthony Fauci as president for eight years. So let's see what their answers were. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go with Cuomo calling me every night because if he calls me every night, then only I suffer. Whereas if it's Fauci's president, then the whole nation suffers, including me. So I think I'll just have him call. I'll put him on mute and I won't really listen to him the same way people consume his nightly news show right now. Uh, in the meantime, congrats on your 500th episode, Ali Beth. Aww. Lots of love rooting for you as always. I love her. Because there's a loophole 
in your question, I have to listen to him two hours every night. You don't say how long, so maybe it could just be one night, because that's what I would have my attorneys argue. Uh, oh, Chris Cuomo, I think. I couldn't do Fauci for another eight years, because I think he thinks he's president now. Without question, I'd prefer Anthony Fauci president for eight wow, years. Wow, really? Because it would actually be a demotion. Um, he'd actually have far more accountability than he's had for the last 18 months. We could maybe impeach. We could maybe subpoena. We could maybe do a lot more things uh, to get some truth out of him than we've been able to do while he has been able to tiptoe between the raindrops as America's potentate. So as president, he would actually take a demotion and face far more accountability. So I'll choose the Fauci option. Okay, all of those answers were so on brand for how all of them, how all of them are. I, I love it. They was so it was like very thoughtful, all of them and their and their answers, and it speaks to all of their personalities, and I just loved it so much. All right, I asked um, uh, Elisa Childers and John Cooper if they would rather only be able to speak in parables for the rest <laughs> the rest of their lives. I mean, like really think that. If, if think about that. If someone asked you a question and you were only able to say, well, there were three uh, heads of grain in a, in a field and there were two mice running through the field. Um, that's probably not a good example of a parable, but you were never able to like give a straight answer. You could only speak in parables for the rest of your life. Or would you rather write out the book of numbers by memory every year for the rest of your life? So let's see what John Cooper and Elisa Childers have to say. Hey everyone, Elisa Childers here. Congratulations, Allie, on 500 episodes. That She's is so such cute. an accomplishment. Congratulations. So my question is, would I rather talk only in parables for the rest of my life or copy down the whole book of numbers from memory <laughs> every year? Yep. So I'd like to answer this question with a story. The kingdom of <laughs> heaven is like a little girl who tried to read numbers oh, when she, she did was it. 12 years old and it was... A lot of numbers, a lot of names and clans and begats and a lot of stuff that her 12-year-old brain just couldn't, couldn't even with. So now that she's older, she gets what all that's about a little better. But that does sort of deter the whole numbers idea. So I'm kind of an artsy person. So my first instinct was to say talking only in parables for the rest of my life. But, you know, I wouldn't mind memorizing the book of numbers. And if I only had to copy it out once a year and then be able to speak freely, I think that would be my choice. So I choose numbers. Bye-bye. perfect. Hey, it's John Cooper with Skillet. The question is this, would I rather memorize the book of numbers and write it out once a year by hand or <laughs> only be able to speak in parables for the rest of my life? I'm going to go with memorizing the book of numbers, wow. even though that would be hard. Because number one, it's the word of God, which means it's awesome. But mostly because there are already enough woke people who speak in nothing but riddles and rhymes. True. And sometimes you have no idea what they're talking about, which incidentally is why I love Allie Beth. You never have to wonder what Allie is thinking. Woo, I love you. Oh, those were so perfect. I just love how people have taken the time to answer these in their own unique way. I love those so much. Um, okay, so this I asked to Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles. I asked Ben Shapiro to answer, I think, the Chris Cuomo question. And unfortunately, we didn't get a response from uh, from Ben. And so if you want to email him about that, if you want to message him about that and be like, hey, we were looking for your would you rather and we didn't get it. You're free. Uh, you're free to do that. Just kidding. All right. Um, to Matt Walsh and to Michael Knowles, we said, would you rather drive behind a group of slow cyclists on the work on the way to work every day? And if you know anything about Matt Walsh, like he really he truly like hates personally cyclists. And so that's just part of who he is. Or would you rather go by she, her as your pronouns? Nothing else about your identity or your look or your appearance would change, but you just have to go by she, her pronouns or, you know, drive behind those slow group of cyclists. So I'm interested to see what Matt and Michael have to say. Let's see. Would I rather be stuck behind slow cyclists for the rest of my life or be called <laughs> she, her for the rest of my life? Can I, can I choose death? Is that a, an acceptable option? I, I guess I would choose the cyclists. 
um, of those two. And the thing is, you know, when you're stuck behind the slow cyclists in the street who shouldn't be there in the first place, there have been times when uh, your brakes go out. And, uh, you know, it, <laughs> oh it, it's a tragedy, gosh. but it does happen. And, you know, that Again, might end up brand. happening to me if, if I choose that option. But I think that's the one I'd probably choose, yeah. Would I rather drive behind a pack of slow cyclists <laughs> on the way to work every day or would I rather go by she, her? That's not even a tricky one. I would much rather go by she, her. <laughs> on the downside, I would only make 75 cents on the dollar, so that, that would be True. a hit to my bottom line. But I would be able to claim so much victimhood. I would gain so much social currency, not even True. just by claiming to be a woman. That would be fine enough. But claiming to be a, a transgender woman, <laughs> oh, my. I would, I would have so much social capital that I'm, I'm pretty sure I would never have to work a day again in my life. So That's it's not, true. not even hard. Yep. Happy 500th episode, my dear. Oh, my gosh. Uh, those are two of the funniest people in the world, by the way. Michael Knowles, Matt Walsh can always make me laugh. Anytime I listen to them or watch a video with them in it, they are just both hilarious with great personalities. All right. So this last one I posed to Alex Clark of Poplitics, who I also love. I also posed it to James Lindsay. Unfortunately, we didn't get our response. But I asked Alex Clark, would you rather move you and your family to downtown Portland, which to me, like, sounds terrifying. Um, and I think to a lot of conservatives, it does too. So would you rather move you and your family to downtown Portland? Or would you rather have a job working as Nicole Hannah-Jones's research assistant? Allie, congratulations on 500 episodes. I'm so proud of you. I have been a fan from the beginning of oh, Relatable. So and too. I just cannot tell you how excited I am for all the work that you're doing in the kingdom. Now, the question is, would I rather move my whole family to downtown Portland or be Nicole Hannah-Jones's <laughs> research assistant? I'm going to go with moving my whole family to Portland. And I'm going to keep us safe by blending right in with Antifa. We're all going to dress just like Kim Kardashian at the Met Gala. Oh my gosh. No, she would she would never do. She would never dress in a way that is ugly. If you've ever seen Alice Clark, she never looks bad. I think it would actually be very difficult for her to dress as an Antifa person every day because I just think that she wouldn't be able, be able to stand it. Like her personality is just too bright. She's too What is that like quote from Legally Blonde that um exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people don't kill people. That was uh, uh, Elle Woods's line of thinking, brilliant line of thinking in Lily Blonde. That's like Alex Clark. Like she's too happy to be Antifa. It just, it just wouldn't happen. But I do appreciate that she would rather move into like the heart of Antifa than be Nicole Hannah-Jones's <laughs> research assistant. Um, okay. That's, that's all we got. So we're not going to announce our giveaway winner. I'm going to either announce it tomorrow or I'm going to announce it on Instagram because um, we don't quite have the winner yet. We are picking through all the people who sent us voicemails and trying to figure out like how exactly it's just going to kind of be random. We're going to pick someone who sent us a voicemail, either played or unplayed. Um, and then I will announce that tomorrow. Like I said, that's, it's a skincare set. It's a good rancher's gift card. And it's a gift card from Carly Jean Los Angeles. And so a really good set of gifts. And it's just a thank you. I wish I could send that to all of you, but I'm truly so thankful for you guys for listening to 500 of these episodes or for however long you have been here. This has been like a super fun episode and a walk down memory lane. I'm very thankful for everyone who has made relatable possible. And that includes the many thousands of you guys. And so thank you so much. We're going to get back to business tomorrow. There's too much going on in the world to not talk about the things that we need to talk about. So we'll be back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.